0: Woo. Man. You guys are awesome. It's like a lively crowd this morning. You're the early bird worshipers. By the way, y'all look so good. I gotta I gotta get a selfie with you guys. Let's see. Let's see. Oh wait, All right, there's a lot of you. You gotta get it. Alright, everybody say Easter! Woo! That's awesome. That's good. Oh, uh, yeah. I love, I love Easter Sunday. I love everything about it. I love from the, from the eggs that we will eat later today to, to the empty tomb, obviously, that we've been celebrating today. I love everything about it. One of my earliest memories... As I remember, I was thinking about this a lot this week, that my mom down there in Harlan County made sure we got some form of a dress clothes on us and would walk us to our little church, little church you could walk to from our house, West Cumberland Baptist Church in Harlan County. If you've ever been to Harlan County, and if you've ever been to the city of Cumberland, which used to have a population of 3,900, I get cracked up knowing that there actually was a West Cumberland, like that you could split it. To East and West cracks me up. But anyway, that's the church I went to. And my first time I attended on an Easter Sunday, we had an egg hunt afterwards. And I won the egg hunt. It was awesome. And and the, the prize was a giant chocolate bunny. None of this hollow bunny stuff. It was solid chocolate. I remember it took me weeks to eat that thing. It was awesome. And and so I made sure I went back the next Easter because that was an amazing experience. And I won the hunt again, got me another Easter bunny. Now, I did this for several years, and I started to notice a pattern. I remember the Easter Sunday I got dethroned from my egg hunt prowess. Uh, And I literally watched this little kid younger than me hunting eggs, and these adults were behind them, picking up eggs and sneaking them in the kid's basket. That's when I realized it was rigged. (laughs) The youngest child there won every year. So all that had to happen was me getting older, and I was done, man. It's unbelievable. It was really heartbreaking, actually, (laughs) to find that out. But man, it's Easter has is, is, is got a lot of meaning to it. It's a holiday. You're probably going to spend some time with family. You're probably going to enjoy today. Uh, there's probably a lot that you've done to get ready for today. Uh, what I love about this moment we've had together is we've walked into this place, and we've just been powerfully reminded of what it's all about. From the songs we've sung to hearing, according to kids, what describe what it is, it's the risen Savior. It, it's Jesus being alive. Now, I try to put myself in the shoes of those who really loved Jesus and followed him when he walked the earth. And imagine what it must have been like for them. And, and there's a moment of pause that I have that I think about how devastated they must have been before Easter Sunday. When you think about it, I mean, regardless of how much Jesus tried to prepare them for what he was about to do. And even though they saw who he was, and they saw how amazing he was, and that I mean, there was no doubt that they followed him because this Jesus, he must be the Messiah. He must be the Son of God. I mean, look at how he teaches, and then they saw that they witnessed his authoritative teaching, and yet his teaching of love and grace and mercy. And they saw him touch blind eyes and allowed them to see again. He. They saw the crippled walk again because of him. They, they saw all of this. They saw him bring kids into his arms and, and welcome them. And they saw every bit of this, but then they also saw him get arrested. And, and a, a rushed trial took place. And he was beaten. And he was sentenced to death. The most cruel death I think a human being could potentially ever imagine going through. And, and even the way that all went down was a bit crazy. It, it was, it was more than just like some rogue, Greco-Roman official, flexing his political muscles and just declaring to put this guy to death. It was way bigger than that. It was, it was a religious conspiracy of sorts, where literally the Jewish leaders incited a mob mentality among all the people. Literally a week before. Jesus came in riding on a, on a donkey and being held as a king, and palm branches were waved and laid down before him. And then less than a week later, the mob was shouting, crucify him. They were the ones begging and putting the pressure on the Roman government to put this man to death. And that's exactly what happened. And, and the man, the Bible implies, was unrecognizable. Unrecognizable this Jesus whom they had followed, the kind of death that that was. And then he he died, in many ways, a lot more quickly than usual crucifixion deaths happen. And what was kind of a silver lining there was they were able to get him buried before the Sabbath began. His Friday night began the Sabbath. So after he passed, they they got him down off that cross, and they, they put him in that tomb, borrowed tomb, and, and as you heard the kids describe, literally, not only did they roll a stone in front of it, which was super common, but to have Roman guards guard this tomb. I mean, I just can imagine that those who loved Jesus and believed in him and followed him, they saw all this happen and they had to just be on rock bottom, just devastated and maybe feeling empty inside. And feeling defeated like that's it. I can't believe after all the good that Jesus was and all the good that Jesus did that it's over. It's just over. After three years of doing life with this man, he wasn't there anymore. And, and because it was the Sabbath, they couldn't do what they normally would do and care for the body. Uh, the ladies who had followed Jesus had to wait till Sabbath was over. Because you weren't allowed to work on the Sabbath day. So that's when they got up early, on the, in the morning on the first day of the week, and that's where we take up the passage I want to read to you. Matthew 28, starting in verse 1, it says, After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb. And I love this. Afraid yet filled with joy. Talk about the mixed emotions. They, they just didn't know what to do with themselves. They were super excited and yet kind of scared as well. Afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. But on the way... It says, suddenly Jesus met them. (laughs) Greetings, he said. For some reason, I just picture him being all nonchalant, like, hey guys, (laughs) greetings. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is awesome. Talk about going from complete devastation, depression, lostness, numbness, sorrow and mourning and grieving to seeing Jesus alive again. I just can't imagine what that must have been like. Going from hopelessness to complete and utter joy and mixture of fear as well. Isn't that awesome? So amazing to even try to imagine that. So this morning, we're actually kicking off A new sermon series called Searching. New sermon series called Searching. And we're going to be looking at different questions that I believe are life's biggest questions that people sometimes spend their entire lives seeking the answers to. Today's question is simply, what is the meaning of life? And I think that's a big one. We don't always necessarily ask it literally in those words, but we may spend our whole lives seeking the answer to that question. So this morning, I'm going to give you the answer. Sounds kind of braggadocious. I'm going to give you the answer to the meaning of life this morning on Easter. The answer to life's meaning is an empty grave. That is the answer to life's meaning. Now, I know that sounds like, okay, that, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or what do, what do we mean when we say that? What does that mean that seeing the empty grave of Jesus is the meaning of life. And I've been racking my brain because it's one of those things that I know that, but how do I explain that? And I've been racking my brain all week, like how do, I, how do I convey that to you or to anyone that all of life's meaning comes into focus when we see that empty tomb, when we recognize that Jesus is alive? The best way I know to explain it is this. You live differently when you know you will never die. You live completely differently when you know you will never die. That sounds like an interesting way to live, doesn't it? To live knowing you'll actually never die. Maybe a better way to put it is, oh, we're going to die, but we're going to live forever anyway past what this body can hold. See, here's how we tend to measure life's meaning. Tell me if I'm wrong on this. We will, and when we think about how do I ensure that my life is meaningful, I, I, will, I will probably ask questions like this: like, was I, was I a good person? Or maybe even more specifically, was I a good husband? Was I a good father? Did, did I have a successful career? Did I have achievements that I can sort of measure in my life? Did I uh, have financial peace and maybe I did I build a good retirement? Did I kill off all my debts? Did I get a good education? Some of us we won't say it this way, but probably how we measure the meaning of life is uh, do people think I'm awesome? you know <laughs> uh, it's it, we don't need to have everybody think we're awesome, just a few you know but it's kind of nice if somebody thinks we're awesome, It gives us meaning in life. To feel like someone thinks we're pretty good or great or amazing would be great, you know, right? For some of us, we may measure the meaning of life by did I just stay out of trouble or did I just enjoy it? Did I, did I, did I get joy out of life? Now, I'm not saying all of those things are inherently bad on the surface, I, I'm not saying that. I would say some of them may be, and definitely maybe all of them are if that is the whole purpose and reason for us living. I'll even throw another curveball at you. What if we were to say that some of those things are a great way to measure meaning of life? But what if we fail? As some or all of those. That's possible, right? Very, very possible. If we fail at any of those things does that then mean life has no meaning for us? Well, that's what's so amazing about the empty grave of Jesus. That empty grave tells us, first of all, that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is our Savior who has come to us. It it tells us that he conquered death. And that changes everything. That death cannot or does not have to hold us. I love this verse, Revelation 118. This is the words of Jesus. It says, I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. That's Jesus saying that. The empty grave tells us that death is not the end. It tells us that after we die, we will live forever in one of two places, heaven or hell. And as scary as that sounds, the empty grave also tells us this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Faith in and a relationship with the living, risen Jesus, that's what gives meaning to life. Faith in and a relationship with the living, risen Jesus, that's life. That is your life. If all those other things that we want to tie up, meaning around our life, how good I was, what people think of me, did I accomplish anything, how's my career, how's my finances, all of those things, even if you were to accomplish them, they will not fulfill If you are to fail at them and you're like, I'm miserable right now, good news. That's not the meaning of life. The meaning of life is a relationship with the Son of God himself, Jesus Christ. The meaning of your life is no longer based on the number of years you live, the quality of health while you were living, how beautiful, handsome, or muscular you were as you lived, how much stuff you own your level of education, your financial portfolio, how many things you checked off your bucket list, the meaning of your life is no longer based on those things. Instead, my life now finds meaning in these truths. I am created by God. I am loved by God. Jesus died for me. I'm forgiven even though I don't deserve it. I'm free from shame and free to live out my God-given purpose. And no matter what happens to me in this life, death is not the end. It is only the beginning. No matter how many my years might be, I'm going to live forever with Jesus. Ephesians 2, 4 says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ. That's the good news, guys. Jesus is alive so that you could be alive. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. That's awesome. Those words tell us that the empty grave means life eternal. Life eternal for you. For all who believe in Jesus Christ, the empty grave means life eternal for you. But there's one more verse after that that you got to hear. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Not only does the empty grave mean life eternal, it means life purposeful. The empty grave means life eternal and life purposeful for me. So if you've been searching for meaning, you've been searching for significance, you've been searching for what's this all about, the empty grave tells you the meaning of your life. If you believe in Jesus and you follow him, you have life eternal, and you have life purposeful. You're going to live forever. It doesn't matter what happens to your body. I don't, it doesn't matter what people think of you. It doesn't matter how much you achieve or don't achieve. Your meaning is wrapped up in the fact that Jesus loves you, died for you, and rose again so that you could be with him forever. And until you are with him face to face forever, he's got some awesome stuff for you to do for him. Until you breathe your last here, Some awesome stuff he wants you to do for him. And it looks different for everybody. There's all kinds of stories in this room of how God has used your unique story to change someone else's life. But that's exactly what he purposes to do. Life eternal and life purposeful for me. Now, it's Easter Sunday, and there's a lot going on today, and we have a lot on our minds. we got a lot of stuff we got to go to afterwards. I'm looking forward to some fun with my family. My biggest fear about today is that you will walk out of this room and say, that was a nice Easter service, and you just keep going on about your life as it was yesterday. I hope and pray you walk out of here a little differently than when you walked in. It's possible for you to walk out of here just living the old life you've always lived. And I'm asking you, don't do that. Don't do that. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to consider this big next step in your life today. Begin your new life with Jesus. Begin your new life with him. And some of you did that. And if you're like me, over the course of years, sometimes over the course of months, you can go right off of that path. And you don't know how it happened, but it just happened. And for some of you, it may not be begin your new life with Jesus. It might be to come back to your new life with Jesus. He hasn't left We are the ones that pull away. We're the ones that get off the path a little bit. And we find meaning in other places, or at least try to. And we wonder why we don't feel fulfilled. We wonder why something is missing. We wonder why there's an emptiness in there. And I'm telling you, if you want to rediscover life's meaning, come back to your new life in Jesus. Begin your new life in Jesus. I'm asking you to take a step of faith this morning. To take a courageous step of faith. I want to read to you Romans 10.9. I love this. It says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. What a promise. If you're here this morning and you're like, I- I've never had a relationship with Jesus. I've never had a walk with Him. I I haven't done this. This is all new. Here on April 1st, 2018, you can begin your new, meaningful, eternal, purposeful life. The choice is yours. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right where you're sitting, and I just want to lead us in a time of prayer. Right where you're sitting, you can do business with God And make a decision that makes you walk out of here differently than when you walked in. If you've never taken your first step of faith in Christ and you desire that, you desire to have life's meaning, I encourage you right now in the quietness of this moment to simply talk to God and say, okay, God, please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you that you came back to life so that I can live forever with you. God, right now I place my trust in you and I give you my old life and I want to receive your new life. Tell him that right now. And it's not your words you pray that saves you, it's the faith in your heart that saves you. Now someone in this room, you may have done something like that Months ago, years ago, maybe even decades ago. And it's time for you to come back. You have tried to find meaning in life in so many other places and ways. It's time to come back to the living, risen Jesus who's been waiting for you to walk with him again. Push aside all the junk. That has been clouding up your heart and your life and the stuff of life. And it's really simple this morning, guys. It's really simple. It's Jesus with his outstretched arms saying, come on back. Come on back. I've been waiting for you. Just call upon his name and say, Jesus, I'm sorry that I walked away from you. I'm sorry that I I, I got off the path and I'm back. Take me back, Jesus. Thank you that you died to receive me back. Thank you that you're alive to receive me back today. Help me to start a new chapter in my life starting right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.